Welcome to Within WordPress, the podcast about people within WordPress and the WordPress community and everyone around it. Uh, in today's edition, we have a new guest uh, with us today is Robbie. Um, welcome to the podcast, Robbie. And um, how we, may we know you? Hi. So, Rimkus, because I'm trying to learn how to say your name properly. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, yes, my name's Robbie Adair, and most people in the WordPress world know me through OS Training, which is the training company that I have because we train all versions of CMSs. So we've got WordPress, we've got Joomla, we've got Drupal, and then we also now have some some tools that are SaaS products in there as well. So basically anything web development. But obviously, as we all know, the the market share is over in uh, WordPress. So I do spend a yep. lot of time in the WordPress world with the WordPress WordPress community. Um, I also have an agency that I've had for over 20 years now, and we do web development projects and video production. And so we have worked a lot with WordPress as well over the years. And in the last, I would say in the last five years or so, we've really been doing some interesting things with WordPress in our agency where we're uh, using WordPress in conjunction with React apps or Laravel apps and things like that. And so we're- yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of training that you're doing. How did you, how did you get into training? Um, so oddly enough, before I started my agency, I worked in corporate America in training. Um, I was the training director for New Horizons. Actually, I developed the web development training that we offered in Houston, Texas. Um, and you know, back in the day when we were doing Dreamweaver and, uh, and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, I just stayed with web development after that, when we started the agency. And we did a lot of custom training with our agency for clients, but we didn't offer just, you know, open training. Uh, but OS training, I knew the owner, Steve Burge, and he was he was looking for someone to do in-class training for Joomla in the Houston area. And so I was like, you know, I miss training, uh, running my agency. And so I would just every now and then go and teach some classes for him. And I enjoyed it because it just got me back in front of the classroom. And I and I. I yep. really do like doing that. I like, and I do a lot of speaking now. So that was kind of where I was, I was like, I'll just move into doing speaking at conferences and such. And, and I do enjoy that a lot. I do a lot of it because it's, it keeps me on my toes. I feel like you're always having to yep. prepare to present, right. Or yep. you're preparing to teach. And so it keeps you where you're always constantly having to learn yourself. And, um, but then whenever Steve was looking to sell his training, I was like, I really, I'm, I loved doing the little bits of training I was doing for him. And so I was like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. And so four years ago, I purchased OS training from him. And so we have the agency and OS training. And, and OS training is, is pretty well known in the Joomla and Drupal world already, yeah. but it was not very known in the WordPress world. And because WordPress is a big world, right? I mean, it's a, it's you, you know, so, it was a, so, so it's like you're a small fish in a big sea. And so I said, well, I need to do the exact same thing that we do in the Drupal and Joomla world, which is we participate in their conferences. We speak at the events. I coordinated Joomla Texas and Joomla USA for years. Um, Rod, one of my trainers, he speaks at the Drupal camps all over the place. And so yep. I said, I'm going to start getting involved in WordPress. And so that's what I did right before the pandemic, actually, of course. I went yep. to the first WordPress event and then everything shut down. And I was like, oh, no. But as soon as, as soon as they even started doing online conferences, I was like, let me speak. I want to get involved. How can I help? What can I do? You know, just get involved and meet people in the, in the community. So I was so happy when you asked me to be on here because I was like, I love these kind of things because it just, you know, I, I'm always looking at podcasts, just trying to see who's who in the community and who does what. And, 
And so I love it. So thank you for doing these type of podcasts. Oh, happy to do so. Um, it's, it's been on my bucket list for ages to do it. Uh, and I, I just couldn't make time for away from whatever that, whatever else I was doing that just didn't happen. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the whole goal of this podcast is, is, uh, for any, anybody listening to get a better understanding who was inside of this huge community. Cause, um, I've been part of the core community, I would say is probably around 2007, 2008. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I know where plugins come from, who was the original developer. Great example of, for instance, is a all in one SEO. Um, most people know that, that that's, you know, um, awesome motive that is running that, but I know it was originally created by Uberdose and mm -hmm. nobody even knows that, but you know, having that history is, 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 is all, all nice. And, but if nobody learns from a little bit of that history, then we're just looking at the current state of affairs. And I think that is a poor way to look at things, um, just from the here and now. There is history, so we might as well find a way to incorporate that. And that's one of my goals to have, um, people, you know, interview people, talk to people that are contributing in one way or another. And, um, I was actually, uh, uh, uh there were multiple people pointing you out to me. It's like, that'd be a great person to talk to. So I'm like, okay, let me, I, I in hindsight, I knew who you were, but, uh, when you started looking into somebody, um, there's always like, oh, oh, this is happening. Oh, that's also happening. Interesting. Interesting. So my, my curiosity is, uh, um, uh, in the, on the training side of things, um, little sidestep before, and then I'll go, uh, but the, um, probably around 2010 to 2015, I did a lot of training myself for uh, a company here in the Netherlands called learn it. And, uh, a friend of mine was the country director for new horizons. Um, when you just said new horizon, like, Hey, I've heard that name before. Uh, but I did a lot of, uh, Microsoft office project. Uh, I did a lot of uh, advanced Excel and that sort of stuff. Um, and funnily enough for them, I did some custom WordPress, uh, courses at the time. Nobody was doing that. So funny that there's a shared, uh, sort of small history there. Yes. It's always interesting to find how we connect. I, I mean, I find it all the time too. I was literally just at a conference uh, last month and I was talking to someone who, you know, also has, we have a shared passion in theater. And so we were mm -hmm. talking about theater and, and she's doing some directing now. This yep. is like on the side, right? These are just things that we like on the side, but she's doing some directing on the side. And I was like, oh, and she lived in the city. I was in high school in, and I said, I said, oh, you know, I said, I went to this high school and she said, oh, I've done some like teaching there or whatever, I guess, substitute yeah. teaching. And I was like, oh, do you know, uh, you know, Mr. O'Neill? And she was like, she was like, and then she was like, oh, wait, yes. She was like, I, I don't know him from there, but I directed him in a play last year or oh, whatever, so you know? And I was just like, I was like, it's such a small world. It really is. And I find that all the time when I'm going to these conferences and talking to people, we can find shared things, just like, you knowing someone from New Horizons and doing training, you know? And by yeah. the way, I was also teaching Microsoft. I was mouse certified. I did a lot of advanced yeah. Microsoft yeah. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I did. I, yeah. So I, I always had a knack for understanding complex stuff and explaining it relatively, uh, uh, you know, breaking it down, like explain it to me like a five, no, I'm a five-year-old. My dad used to always say that whenever I learned something new, he would just throw that in my face. I have no idea what you just said, but you can, you can find a better way to say this. And then that'll 
probably. Let me think about yeah. this. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that's how I rolled in. Um, I had, uh, I think I left a comment somewhere on some Excel forum, whatever. And then they reached out to me like, could you, could you possibly do training? I'm like, sure, sure. Not a problem. But that's, uh, that's funny how, uh, how that goes. Uh, it was a sidetrack then. Uh, I haven't done it in ages, but, uh, well, but I will keep that in the back of my mind. So I may be, correct. <laughs> yeah, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, this is, this is very deep. This is bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. You're getting yourself in trouble now. See, <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, training, it's, it's so key. It really is. I mean, hmm. cause you've got to think, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do development, you know, my team does development, but you know, there's so much work out there right now yeah. that you, I mean, I, you can't find enough people a lot of times to get a project done. There's just yep. that much work. So you wind up having to like say, well, we can do this project, but we've got to push it out. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. so to me, Training is key. We need more web developers. We need more people that know how, and they need to know from ground up. So that's, I'm always a big, I'm a big proponent of, even if you're going to teach Word, let's say, you're going to start, you need to start from this, the ground up. You need to teach them where menus are located, where tools are located. You know, you, you've got to start and you've got to start from the whole ground up of saying, here's how the breakdown of this software because then that's going to make it easier as you flow through your training to know where you're going to find things. I mean, if we're talking about WordPress, you know, the left-hand menu and the local settings versus, you know, a, a particular setting. Um, how, do, how do plugins actually work in there and things like that. Yep. So learning some of the, the core theory behind how something works is just going to make it way easier for you to learn more advanced things later on. Can you teach somebody how to just go into WordPress and make a post? Yeah. But you're kind of doing them a disservice if that's all you're going to show them how to do. They need to know a little bit more. Even if they work, maybe they're one of your clients and all they're going to do is go in and add blog posts, let's say. Yep. You still should teach them enough about it so that they understand when they go in there and they're not overwhelmed. And they just kind of have a sense of, that's where those things are and I don't need to touch those. This is where I'm going to go. But at least they understand something. About yeah, I, I, I fully agree with you. I, um, so I've always been in the habit of creating uh, uh, short tutorials for clients. Um, I publish them on, uh, on a separate YouTube channel. Uh, nobody has access to it other than the client that I send the link. Um, and instead of just answering the question that they have, like, how do I change a menu or where do I add this or that, or, uh, I keep forgetting how to do this, uh, which I then obviously have the, the meat of the tutorial that I create. And they're like short ones, like five, six, seven minutes. That's it. Uh, but I always navigate to that and don't just start in that screen. Right. So for instance. Um, um, in the beginning, now they're kind of, most of them are, are very well used to the Yoast SEO settings, what to do, where to play, pay attention to it. That's mm -hmm. right. Um, but what you'll see in a lot of tutorials is that they'll just start with that screen and I, I know how to get there, but there's clients that don't understand that you need to be in a post, whether that's an existing or a new one, and then find the meta box and then add your, your insights to it. So I, I, I always take, uh, take into account that they may forget what I find such a normal thing to do. Um, so that's a good example. Yeah. So, um, yes. don't assume, right. It's, it's yes. And, and we've over the years with our agency did the same thing you did. I mean, we would, when we were turning over a website to a client, um, or at least turning over so they could start putting some content in, 
we we did that same thing. We would either just do a like a live Zoom that we recorded and then chopped up yeah. into pieces for them later on, or we would actually just record some little snippets. And a lot of times we would even put it in the administration of their site so they could access it from the back end or whatever. But giving them those little chunks. But I always did start from, okay, we're going to start with log into the administration. Now go here. Now go here. Now go here. Now we're going to do what we're doing. Even if I was going to be showing them like five things in a post, I still would exactly. start each one that way because you're right. I mean, especially, especially when you talk about people who have to just maintain websites out there, they're not necessarily in it every day like we are. And so it may have seemed real easy that day you showed them how to make a post. And then fast forward two months later, and they've done all this other work that may not be related to web at all. And then you're expecting them to log into a website and make yep. a post. And they're just like, uh, I've yeah. slept since then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the example of uh, every now and then I get the simple question, like, how do I log in? Mm -hmm. And they know how to log in. They just don't know where to find the login. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I go like, Because hmm. uh, I, I remember at one time um, I would. I was recreating a site into a, a modern version, uh, a modern version of the same site, but in a different uh, theme. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the, you copy posted over a lot of CSS, you know, a, a day's work. Um, published it, emailed the client, and they go, "Great, this works so much better, wonderful." But how do I log in? And I go, "How do you log in?" So what I had not included in the new version was in the footer at the bottom, there was a little link that said log in and like, why would you need it there? So I, I just left it out, but uh, yeah, people need that stuff. They, they do. Not everybody's wired the same way. Um, um, and that's funny to, to learn where somebody's entry point is. Um, and, and speaking mm -hmm. of entry points, is there a particular crowd that you're, um, focusing on? Is it like. Are you focusing on development necessarily or, uh, are you I, like to, or? I was going to say, I was going to say, we call them, I call them integrators is what I call it. Sure, yeah. Someone who's going to have to do a little bit of everything in web development. Here's someone who wants to actually learn how to do everything or to learn how to be a full-time web de developer if they wanted to. So yeah. our classes are geared more towards beginners. And then we have some intermediate, uh, we break down a lot of things into like plugins or, you know, like very specific things or how to build a website that does X, those kind of things, or just in general, how, you know, learn WordPress, learn mm -hmm. Joomla, learn Drupal. Um, and those are our, we build a, a site in those courses so that they actually get practical experience, not just watching videos and listening to it. If they follow along and that at the end of it, they'll have a full website build. Um, and that, to me, doing is the best way to learn. Yep. But you need guidance to do it, right? Otherwise, you get yep. frustrated and you quit. So having something where it walks you through and guides you through doing it, um, I think it's the best way for people to learn. Um, we we Some of those other courses are good for like intermediate or people who are already or web developers may just go, hey, I'm going to go watch this course to see if that plugin does what I need it to do for this project. So I think we sometimes have some, some people are just web developers that are using it for very specific needs uh, that they have in their education, not necessarily, I need to go learn how to do, you know, a CMS because I know how to do that, but I want to see this particular plugin. How do you configure it? How does it work? And is it going to fit the need for what I, I have in this project? Because we have a lot of companies that may have, you know, like 10 seats because they have a whole web development department and each person has a seat. And so they're all looking at different things. We do have, <clears throat> excuse me, we do have some development courses, just not as 
No, I wouldn't call us a heavy core development training, though. You know, we're not um, we're not doing like learn Java and things like that. We're we're not there. We do have some development. It's all obviously based around the the web languages like PHP or JavaScript. So it's based on those languages. And then, of course, we do have. I actually had uh, Jen Kramer do uh, new HTML CSS uh, courses for us a couple of years ago that were, you know. Just learning from scratch, HTML and CSS. And then we, I had her do a second course where she took what they built in that course and then made it all responsive. And my whole point of doing that is we tell people in all of the CMS classes, we're like, if you don't know any HTML or any C CSS, we highly recommend that you do one of these courses because even though you're probably not going to code when you get into WordPress or Joomla or Drupal right off the bat anyway, understanding being able to look at the code and see why is this not doing what I'm telling it to do at this, but it's, you know, I'm telling it to be green, but it's turning out blue. Why yeah. is that? Being able to look at that source code and at least have a hint of where do I need to go? Or if it's just not an option that I can do, how can I put in custom CSS? Now, of course, the other thing that I've started, I've been doing uh, talks and I'm going to work on a, a, from those talks that I'm doing at conferences, I'm going to build a little course, which is using AI to help you speed up your web build. And I was going to ask that. I was going to ask, yeah. how do you integrate AI? So good yeah. for a uh... <laughs> good segue, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. And I tell you, the, the my AI talks have been very, very popular. I have, so I was always amazed because I usually I usually speak about pretty niche things, and so I have smaller crowds. I feel like, but yeah. I was like, wow, I just spoke about it up in um, at uh, WordCamp Montclair, and it was yeah. standing room only. There were people who couldn't even get in the room. I felt bad. Oh, I was funny. like. Um, but you know, it be, it is a hot topic right now though. It's a hot topic. Um, and it is, I, I tell people like when you're trying to learn about AI right now, like I, I, I subscribe to emails that, you know, daily send me updates on what's going on in the AI world. And it is literally like drinking from a fire hose to try and keep up with it right now. There's yep. so much going on. I, I listen to podcasts and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I mean, like in one week's time, AI like kind of shift a little bit and the next week it's shifted a little bit more and you're just like blown away every week by what's being done out there. Um, but I do, there's just some, some key core things that web developers or web builders is what I should start saying. I'm trying to correct myself because I say web developers because we've been called that for so long. Yeah. But uh, now when you say web developer, it typically people think of backend developers and such. Yeah. And and I'm really meaning a changed. website builder. Right. I mean builders. They could be on front or back end builders yeah. of websites. Can use this because one, helping you write CSS, it is brilliant at. I mean, you could use uh, Bard or Chat GPT and helping you build your CSS. Oh, you can, it, you can it, tell brilliant. it in words what you want it to do. The, yes. The, I guess the only thing you need to figure out is What's the class I need to target? Other than that, just tell it what it needs to do. And, and even better than that, you can tell it the class you want to target. Or if you don't have a class, you can tell it what you would like it to name your class in there. Yeah, yeah. And the beauty, the beauty of that is it remembers your conversation, right? And so if you go and you then show it to the client, the client's like, oh, I love that rounded corner red box with the orange outline that you did there. But can we make that a green outline or could you make one corner square or whatever? And you're like, sure. And then you can just go back over there and go, hey, could you give me that same CSS, but only with a round or a square corner in the right? And boom, it remembered, it spits it all back out to you properly with the right class name that you had said and all that. And you just pop it in. It's great. I, 
I'm thinking now that the famous question that people uh, in web development in the broader sense of the world, um, uh, like really don't like to hear is when a client says, can you make the logo bigger or smaller? Right. I guess we can just tell them now, no, but you can do it yourself. Just ask chat GPT to do it for you here, here, here's how you would do that. Knock yourself out. And if you want the logo bigger, but the, uh, the footer, whatever, less high, mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, yeah, you know, I do, I do try to stress to people because it, there was a lot of anxiety. Like a, if you think about a year ago, people were kind of getting very anxious about, oh, AI is going to kill web development jobs and it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to eliminate jobs and things like that. Actually, so far, all AI has done is, is created a new career called prompt engineer, but um, it's, it's only helping people in those industries. It's not taking yeah. their jobs away because. Yes, you could tell your client, you know what, ChatGPT can write that CSS for you. But guess what? Your client has no clue really what to ask ChatGPT for. Yep. And even when ChatGPT gives it back, they're going to be like, well, that's real fancy and pretty code. Well, where do I put it? How does it work? You know, so. I, have the, I have the example of uh, whenever you're at a client and they tell you something they've read and I go, like, how did you how did you find that? And then you see what they actually type in the search machine. Uh, I don't know, but most people working on front-end development type of stuff know how to engineer a search engine prompt, right? So we, we know we need to target. So we, especially if you know the extra parameters you can use, but we play with that. Most of us do, uh, at least. Mm-hmm. And then when you see somebody who's absolutely has no clue other than just typing words, hit enter, and use full sentences and stuff that actually makes no sense. Right. And, you know, for for... To have that in the back of your mind, looking at how AI is going to rob everybody's jobs, I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. It's going to enrich in it. And it's only going to start with a very small niche, a very yeah. small part of the population that understands how to leverage this. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've seen the example, uh, Joe Hoyle from uh, Human Made uh, demonstrated uh, a month and a half back or so, Mm-mm. where he essentially has uh, an AI hooked into essentially outputting uh, ready code that you can have the blocks and the content inside and the images and all that. You essentially, it just generates it for you, mm-hmm. the editor. Like, like scaffolds it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing you have to do is double check the text if that's what you want to say. And then, you know, next. And then the next page, you'll want a different layout and you tell it what kind of different layout you want and maybe include uh, two testimonials and this and that. But it will, it will spit out the code for you. And, I, and I'd like to think that's the type of direction we're going into. So, um, when, when you're talking, when you spoke of implementers, um, um, another term they, uh, that you, you'll hear is, uh, configurators, mm-hmm. it's essentially that crowd will see an enrichment of what they can do because they'll need way less time to do the same thing. And I, you know, um, if, if, if you can find yourself in a position where that's what you're doing and then charge the same, then, you know, that's, that's profit and time and, you know. Exactly. Yes, exactly. What I see is that we're all going to be doing what we've been doing. We'll just be able to do it faster. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, because, I mean, could I write the CSS code for that? Absolutely. Now I might, because, you know, you get rusty and you have to go like, let me go Google it. What's that command for this? I want to make a, you know, whatever. Or, oh, I need this to be cross-browser. So what do I need to do to make these rounded corners be cross-browser? Oh. 
So that's time. Whereas if I can just go in and go write this for me, that's faster. I do have to know enough and have enough knowledge to know that what I have received from it will work and is proper. You, you need the verbiage. You need to understand mm -hmm. the words you need to use. Yeah, for sure. But yes. yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a huge enrichment of, uh, uh, I've used it for so many things like, um, from code enhancing, uh, dissecting spaghetti code. That's my yep. favorite. Tell me what is happening here. Cause I'm lost. Like this is, yep. this is 500 lines. Please help me out here. And they'll tell me uh, exactly. You know, so by the way, if, if you, yeah. And if you tell chat GPT, explain this code to me like a noob. Yep. It yeah. will break down line by line and tell you what is going on in each line of that code. And it's brilliant. For those of us who keep forgetting what a Boolean or a variable uh, in strict mode and what, you know, all of those things, it just, you know, I, I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you, you do not see this as a threat to training at all. No. So in training world, we actually use it as well. One, like I said, I'm, I'm using it to train people how to do what they do a little bit faster. Right. So, yep. um, like for instance, have you ever had to dig through web logs trying to figure out what the error was that happened on a server? Yep. You know, yep. you can just throw a web log into chat Today, and say, and you can say, please find any irregularities or whatever. You can tell yep. it to sort the web, that log, how you want. It saves you so much time. So there's so many things that are time savers on there. Now on the, on the training side as well, though, um, it also helps speed up creating your training because you can actually use AI to help you generate content for dummy sites, let's say, and, you know, and, and, or help you, I want to explain this in a different way here. Yeah. I'm, this is what I say, explain this to me in a different way. Because again, like you said, sometimes you, you tell somebody something and they're like, I don't get it. And so you have to then think of another way, right? Another story yep. or analogies or something like that. Well, sometimes you're just like, hmm, I can't think of another way to explain this. Well, you could put that in there and it could give you other ideas. And from that, it'll probably spin off and you'll create your own idea from it, but it's make it you out of being stuck. And that's what I tell people, like, especially if you write, like, let's say you write blogs or you write training materials or you just write creative, whatever. Yep. You get like writer's block. You're like stuck in a way where you're like, I don't know what I need to do next, or I don't know how to explain this better or whatever. Using AI to get you unstuck is a great a great thing because not saying have it write it for you because you also if you're i always tell people if you take anything straight out of one of the ai tools please go run it through a plagiarism checker and you know you might also, you're not yeah, that unique it, and it tells exactly. you this is ai yep oh yes yes it knows yeah you go to zero gpt and it'll tell you um if something has been you know created with ai yep. generating with ai so and in imagery too you know i i so there's I love uh, Adobe Firefly um, or the Adobe products, I should say. In general, we were talking about the Adobe products before this. I love the yeah. Adobe products. And I will say, I feel like they're kind of moving in the right direction. You know, we've got Dolly and we've got Midjourney, but Adobe is trying to approach it from, we're going to train our AI from our own stock. We're not just taking anybody's artwork out there. So they're trying to be uh, ethical about what they're putting into their AI. They are also they are. now writing a script that people will be able to put on their own artwork that says, I do not want my artwork to be included in AI. So they're, so to me, they're doing some really, they have to, I mean, they're, they're all about graphics, right? I mean, Adobe, they, they have to make sure that what they're going to put out there is going to be usable for everybody out there. Um, yeah. so I like what they're doing in the AI space for, for creating, for creators out there and protecting artists and things like that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, 
it's refreshing to see uh, Adobe actually uh, getting it. If I'm uh, if I'm being really honest, yeah, it's 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 uh, for, for the longest time I think they've been sort of cruising. Yeah, at, at least uh, that's that's how it came across to me. They're sort mm. of cruising on 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 their path of uh, features and and stuff that they're they're improving, sure, but. I've never found them to be on the innovative side of things, but now with AI, they definitely are. It's amazing what uh, what they have added to the the capabilities of the system. Are, are yeah. you do you have any uh, courses and, and training in that uh, area, or is it strictly to uh, CMSs and and code side of things? So so far, what we've done with our courses has just been really web tool, so CMSs or yeah, okay. or maybe plugins that work in those, or maybe some of the tools like uh, this is how you use FileZilla, things like that. So it's tool based. Uh, we have not spread out to like the graphics world. Um, we did have a GIMP. We did have a GIMP. Uh, that would make sense with OS in your name, right? Exactly. But I'm you know, assuming like I said, it, it refers to open source. That is where it started. Yes, that is yeah. Steve. When he when he started it, he it was open source training. When I bought it, I just changed it to be OS. We you know, and we because we have some things on there now that are not necessarily open source. Mostly, it's open source, but we do have some tools that are not open source on there, um, and some SaaS products that are not open source. Um, kind of just SaaS because, products? um, like Equid or Shopify, we have some courses yep. on those. Um, and, you know, just because we, we think it's important, I mean, we love open source and we work in the open source world in our agency and, and such, but I do think everybody, even in the open source world, we work with tools that are not open source. And so I was like, I feel like we've got some missing chunks in our training here if we don't yep. have some of those things. So, yep, so I that agree. was why we, so we were like, we'll, so we were like, maybe we'll just call OS as like one stock or something like that. We're like, we'll, we'll, we'll call it something else. But, <laughs> but it originally was a rebrand within the rebrand. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, but I would like to do some um, graphics, but there's so many good, like very high-end training courses out there for Adobe, not to mention they themselves put out a lot of good training. And so I'm not sure that Adobe would be the path that we would take, or we might do something very specific, like, you know, how to optimize your images using Photoshop or GIMP, something like yep. that. So something that's still more web-based, uh, web development-based, but um, using Adobe or using GIMP or using an online. There's a lot of online compression tools now that there are pretty is. good. Mm-hmm. I bet. I think the whole, um, on the tool side of things, I think there's a, there's a huge field that is, uh, it'll, let's take YouTube as an example, the, the stuff mm-hmm. that you can find there in depth, is just yeah. mind blowing. Um, there's very little on the creating side of things, not necessarily code because code is very dependent on how someone is able to bring across what they're actually trying to do for, for right. our having you learn on the creative side of things. Um, so, you know, me starting my podcast, having to have a video camera in front of me, uh, um, there's folks that explain that in depth, like where to take care of this, how to do this, how to do that, make sure you have this because that might also happen. And then if that happens, you also need to have that, you know, that whole field of information. Um, if you look at what is available on YouTube, I would say media is a great example where that works perfectly. Uh, Canva tutorials, for instance, I've learned a bunch of, because Canva is a great tool. It's mm-hmm. like really great tool. Um, there's very little that I had to figure out myself that wasn't available on YouTube. 
from bulk stuff to uh, just quick do this and, and short codes and stuff like that. Um, how, how are you looking at YouTube as a, as a content course slash different type of provider of training? Is um, that something so you're even, even bothered with and in, in, in have an opinion about or? Uh, no, I do. I, I mean, I think YouTube's great. I think, I mean, I feel at this point, I also get a many degrees on uh, YouTube myself because I learn on YouTube as well. Yep. Um, so, and a lot of people do ask, they're like, how could you ever sell training memberships? Because I could just go on YouTube and learn this for free. I was like, well, yep. you can go on YouTube. First of all, you've got to find it on YouTube. Second of all, most YouTube training is very short and concise and it's very pointed, right? Like Canvas, Canva. I mean, when you want to go learn how to do something in Canva, it's probably pretty like, I mean, there are a few where they're going to take you through and teach you the whole thing, but most yeah. of them are fairly pointed. This is how you do yeah. X in Canva. Right. Yes. And so that's really good. I enjoy that. And sometimes I go use it. Right. But so, and I never worry about it because it's just like web development. I never worry, like with my agency over the years, a lot of people were like, oh, like, oh, I sure you worry that there won't be any work. I'm like, well, you know, there's so much competition here with other web development agencies. And I'm like, there's so much work out there. There, there's room for everyone. That's what I say. There's room for everyone. And same in the training industry. There is room for everyone. We're pretty pointed about trying to always give you something that you can follow all the way through and build if you want to. And mm -hmm. so having that where you can build along with it, a lot of times when you're you, your YouTube training videos, they're really just showing you. This is how you go do the yep. X and you go to this setting and do this and do that and do this. And they do show you and you can follow those steps along. Yeah, but it's not stuff. like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's pretty concentrated. Um, so I don't find it as competition necessarily. And we actually have our own YouTube channel and we put out some of our, what we'll do is like if our classes are getting older, so they're getting a little long in the leg, let's say Drupal 7. So Drupal yeah. 7 is getting a little long in the legs, right? So we took Drupal yeah, 7. Yeah, we put so. it out on, yeah, we put it, well, you'd say that, but there are still people trying to convert. I know. Out. That's why I said hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, so we moved that over to YouTube. Um, actually, our Drupal classes had over 2 million views now, I think, at this point. So, wow. um, yeah, so it, it was pretty popular. Even now, it's getting views. I think yeah. it's a newer Drupal, but still. Um, so we will take some of our courses and put them out on our YouTube channel, where we've got, I think we've got over 40,000 uh, subscribers now. And right. so we get some, we get a good amount of views. We get a lot of comments and, and interaction with our videos. So we like that. We also do um, our OS tip, which is a weekly short little tip video that we do. Um, yep. We've been on a Drupal stream lately. So, so sorry, if you look at our tips right now. You're, you're properly leveraging YouTube because I, I, I bet that yes. if you have such a presence, 40K subscribers and that amount of views, that that sort of starts to trickle back to people actually signing up for um, current courses. I don't know. Correct. I don't know if you track that, but I'm assuming that's yes. something that's happening. Yes, absolutely. That's why we do it. I mean, we don't put something out there just as an advertisement for a course, let's say. No. We do try all of our stuff that we're putting out there. We are trying to give useful, helpful tips. Same with our blog. It's like, we want to give you useful, helpful tips. These are free, but we may say, hey, we have a full course on this if you want to come yeah, check Yeah, it. of course. Right? So, sense. I mean, so it is lead generation in a way, but it is useful lead generation. It's, and, yeah. it's use, and, and people may just take what they learned in that and go on about their day, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, but we do want that information in our blog and in our OS tips and things like that to be something that could actually help you and, and uh, be something you would want to watch. And we try to make it short format. Those are short format. So it's a quick little bite of something. It's that more 
pointed niche information. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think the only downside for me, YouTube as a learning platform is that um, it's siloed into just that one channel. Um, there's very little interaction. There's no real communication with the creator other than hopefully he sees your comment and then possibly uh, responds to that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I like about WordPress as the community. That is a different place to learn. They may not all output their stuff on, uh, on YouTube for, cause my, 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 my favorite way to learn is, uh, is, is visually, mm -hmm. but the, the added value of the community for me is a huge plus. It's the, Absolutely. Um, it's, it, it's a good way of, to separate something that's just learning or something that is then also something like, uh, it's learning, but it's the added benefit of getting to know the person behind it and, uh, seeing their other writings and how they interact. Like for me, um, Twitter or, uh, I guess I should say X silly name, but, um, it's still the, 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 the best platform to do this. Would you, how did, how was your experience in terms of the community side of things of learning? So totally, totally agree. As a matter of fact, uh, learn.wordpress.org, I think it's a great re resource out oh, there. Um, much better now. And yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and part of the training team, uh, you know, with Courtney, she does a fantastic job, by the way. I, I tell her, she I don't, does. I don't think she ever sleeps. That's, that's what I'm decided. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she gets so much done ever. Um, but um, so I think those are great resources and you're right. Having communities, having forums that you can work in. I think a lot of the um, groups. So, so like just on Twitter, yes, there's a lot there. Um, and, or X as we, I guess I'm going to start yeah, talking it's, it's as well, weird. but anyway, it is weird. Um, but yes, the, the community there is good, but I do kind of, I like the more pointed communities that might be in, uh, LinkedIn or Facebook because they're really, really like narrowed down focus groups. We even, when yep. we redid our OS training website, uh, it was, it was seating and it was, you know, over 10 years old. And so we redid that last year and we put in a little community inside of OS training that was never there before. We had a ticketing system that people, believe me, people contact us all the time about our courses, asking us questions. They ask us questions yep. outside of the course where they also, um, you know, just actually send up us, just send us compliments, which is really nice. Um, and yep. so we and also wanted to have a, a community, like a timeline in there. And so we have that and it's, you know, it's starting to pick up some traction because it was new. So, you know, it's one more community out there for people probably, but we do have some yeah. people that are starting to uh, post on there. Even if it's might be like, hey, I think this is the wrong video that's on this lesson or whatever. Like, oh yeah, thanks. We had the wrong number on that. We'll switch <laughs> that, you know? So sometimes it may be they're just helping us, um, yeah. but a lot of times they may have questions. And so we can answer them directly in there and then everyone sees it and everyone can benefit. And that was why we, we wanted to shift it. We had those ticketing systems and we were helping a lot of people giving them good information, but that was not going anywhere unless we wrote a blog post about it. So we wanted to make it more visual there for people to be able to see and learn from other people, which I think is, that's the key about community, right? Is that's why live classroom training is always very beneficial. Well, two reasons, two, two reasons why is problem with YouTube learning, right? You have less distraction. It's more focused when you're yeah. in, a, in a classroom or if you're on a training site and you're doing training. I'm not also seeing little blips over here of, oh, the latest trailer on Oppenheimer, whatever, the Barbie trailer, whatever. I'm not seeing distraction. Whereas on YouTube, I'm seeing distraction and I can go down all these little rabbit holes, right? 
And all yeah. of a sudden you're like, what did I even come to YouTube for? I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and so, but when you go to a training site and I you're feel, like- I feel seen now. Right? <laughs> oh, I do it too. I do it yeah. too. I know. I'm like, you know, no one needs to look the, at my history the Apple because TV I love my takes- kids. I go. The Apple TV takes 10 seconds to boot up. And then I go like, what was I, what was I going to oh, watch again? Oh, huh? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I mean, I have that problem with my phone. Sometimes I pick up my phone pointedly to do something, send somebody a message or, yeah, you yeah. know, send something to one of the team members in Slack, something. But then I've got notifications and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Let me go do this. And then I set my phone down and then I'm like, wait. That's not what I even picked my phone up for. I've no, got to no, and you, know, you, you, you certainly don't have that in the classroom. Right. That I love. I really like classroom, especially in classroom where they don't have Wi-Fi connectivity for their phones. Yeah, um, <laughs> where you can really get them to hone in. Um, Wi-Fi blockers. We, we, yeah. We just, we see that less often these days, though, that, that kind of focus um, learning. At, you know, once you get past college, it, you just don't see that kind of, you know, New Horizons. They're still out there, but they're much smaller yeah. because there's less people going into classroom learning, unfortunately, because we're all busy. And now we're all used to, well, I can just do that remote. But sometimes I think you do yourself a disservice because you'll, okay, I'm going to sign up for this remote class. And you'll go in there and you'll open it up and probably, you know, mute your mic. And then, oh, bing, you got an email. And then you're looking at that email and you're answering somebody over here. And then, and then you yeah. might listen to what they're saying there. And then you're like, oh, wait, somebody's pinging me on Slack. And, you know, and so it's very distracting. And so yeah, having something where you can just focus in more, that's, we even have a focus mode that you can turn on in our classes. So that it's like, all you see is the video that you're watching. Yeah. And so, yeah. 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 I, 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 that's a good point though, that the, the distractions within learning is, is, a is a thing that we have to overcome. So I'm old enough to remember uh, none of this existed. And, you know, when you've grown up with something that is introduced, you know, how to kind of find the mode before. Um, but if I see my kids and my eldest is 25 and youngest is 16, um, they don't know anything else. So right. they are, if, if, I've, I've, um, I've been fortunate enough to have them wanted to listen to me in terms of setting up their profiles on their iPhones. Like, so you're blocked, you're blocking these apps from this time to that time. And notifications mm -hmm. are turned off by default, you know, don't have that constant. I need to see where, what's next, what's new. Uh, mm -hmm. My son in the beginning thought it was, was, was a good thing to have uh, WhatsApp and email be prompted on his screen with the sound. I'm like, no, nah, it's probably not the best idea. Um, and here's why. Uh, but yeah, that's a challenge to, to, to find a learning environment where you can provide the optimal learning methodology and environment. And mm -hmm. in reality, you can't, you can only do the methodology. Um, so you have a destruction free mode. You said, is there anything else that you, you, you incorporate? Like, um, here's what you need to be not doing or. No, I mean, we really, we really don't. I mean, we don't, I mean, people might get a little upset if you start telling them, I mean, you really should turn on your, you know, do not disturb while you're doing your training. Cause they're going to be just like, I can't, yeah, I'm in work, I'm blah, blah, blah. You get it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Person. I can do what I want. Exactly. But, um, so one of the things is because uh, again, and this is also, it's not just the younger generation. I don't want to say that because I think I'm the same way. We can't, our attention spans are shorter. Our attention spans get shorter and shorter as we get more and more notifications, more and more social media platforms. They have little blips yep. 
it's just, this is shortening our attention span. Um, And so we always, when we're building our classes, we try to make the lessons not too long, each lesson. Now the whole, like our Drupal class, maybe five and a half hours if you watch the whole thing, right? But you can watch it in little, you know, 10 to 20 minute chunks. And so, or even less, maybe it's a six minute lesson there. And doing that, it allows people because they can go, okay, well, I can watch six minutes or I can watch 12 minutes about this, you know? And so I think that mentally it sets you up that you're like, okay, I can concentrate on this for that long. Um, and then I'll decide when this, this lesson's over, can I go on and watch another lesson or do I need to pause this and go do something else and then come back and watch another lesson, which is, is, is distracting. But at least if we've broken it up for them, they have logical stop points that they can give themselves. And, and, and I have to do that my, myself. Like I said, I find, I mean, I used to be able to, I could sit and watch, you know, a four hour class in one sitting and learn. But that was a very long time ago that I could do that. Can that I do that today? Like- no. I mean, first of all, finding a four hour block. Yeah, good luck with that one. Well, as, yeah. as you were giving this example, I was reminded of um, there's a there's a few um, very WordPress heavy content creators on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of them have relatively short videos, but there's a few who have like these two, three hour long. This is how we create a WordPress site, and I go like just by looking at that number, like three hours. I'm, like, I'm not even gonna. I mean, I'm curious what they would teach and what they would say and what they would make them. I don't even want to start thinking about sitting down for three hours and then. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, so, so, so the content creators on YouTube, especially if they are content creators, and this is how they are making their money. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily for us, I mean, that's not how we're making our money. It's a side benefit to OS training that we put these videos out there. It is a lead generation back with our OS tips, but it is yep. by no means how we are making our money, right? It's, so we're not, we're not, we're not making our money being content creators on there. But if you are making your money being a content creator on there, it does dictate some things that you need to do to make more money, right? So there for a while, YouTube was giving you much more, you were getting like a bonus money almost for doing long format. So they were wanting the long format. And so a lot of, we saw a lot more, there was like, you'll see trends and the trends are typically happening when you see them change the monetization in the back end of YouTube, right? Yeah. Uh, like they all shorts, right? So shorts are a thing now. And so they're really wanting a lot of the shorts content. And so they're pushing that in the content creator world and in the monetization, pushing that. Um, with the long format, yeah, I'm kind of like you. If you're going to do a long format, I mean, I would prefer instead you break it up into a lot of little videos and put it in a playlist for me and then let me hop yeah. around myself. Exactly. But if you're going to do it in long format, and this is a lot more work on their part, please put it in little chapters so that I can yeah. see all the logical breaks on that long format and skip to where I want I, to. I'd still because skip it. I do. I, I mean, even, I was going to say, even if they don't have it, I'm like kind of like skiing it through. I need to find where they're going to do this, you know? Yeah, I mean, sure, we, sure. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I guess they still get credit for that. So I guess that's a good thing for them. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah.